0: Welcome
1: to the 97th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest who's making T1D data a little more fun, Yuda Haramo. If you're new to the show, welcome, and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the co-founder of Diabetes Daily Grind and host of this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. As someone who enjoys witty banter... I was thrilled to learn about how a little humor can lessen the T1D data burden. The Happy Bob app absolutely mirrors my perspective, and this is just the beginning of an amazing partnership. But before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, this episode was brought to you by Outer Isle Gourmet Foods, a delicious, low-carb, grain- and gluten-free bread That's made from simple ingredients like cauliflower, eggs, and Parmesan. Their sandwich thins and pizza crust are low glycemic and can be used for your favorite foods like tacos, turkey burgers, quesadillas, and breakfast burritos. The culinary creations are endless, and they hooked us up with a deal, so be sure to visit my new affiliates page. Yay! (laughs) Number two, I am literally weeks away from the epic 100th unicorn episode and there's still plenty of time to get involved. As a serial entrepreneur, I created a campaign to highlight my fellow creative diabetics. If that's you, shoot us an email to penelope at diabetesdailygrind.com to learn more. Number three, the affiliates page is now live at diabetesdailygrind.com, and the Just the Facts, Please podcast series will soon launch. Hit us up if you would like to join the list of people making a difference in the diabetes community. Number four, the real-life diabetes. I say that a lot. i got to cut that back. Virtual happy hour takes place every Thursday, even on the holidays, people. The gathering has nothing to do with alcohol but is for adults. I hope you'll join me for entertaining pub talk, live music, random themes, and trivia sessions with other people who get it from around the world. Please note, you do have to register, so be sure to go to the Real Life Diabetes private Facebook group, or you can click on the Happy Hour logo anywhere on the website. And finally, stay engaged. Love, like, and share. Comment on all things social media. Sign up for the e-newsletter, where you will hear things first. Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to the DDG YouTube channel. And click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. Doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. All right, welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. And I want to say to the listeners, it's a rare day that I interview someone literally across the world. <laughs> so I'm sitting here in San Antonio, Texas. And Yudok, where are you?
0: I'm here in Espoo, Finland.
1: Finland. And you Europe. can see from her background if you watch the YouTube video. She says it's dark there all the time right now. So this is kind of funny. What's going on in the background? Is it the northern lights?
0: Yes, unfortunately, it's not real, but we do get some in uh, up north.
1: So it's really dark all the time.
0: Well, um, just this is the darkest time of the year, November, December. Then it will start get light again uh, in January. So,
1: <laughs> and just, does yeah. it affect your mood?
0: It does. It does. And uh, a lot of people use uh, like um, light lighting and, and uh, a lot of vitamin D just to cope with the climate. But I guess we're just so used to it that we're more or less fine. But I've heard from other people coming from sunnier places to Finland that they say after being one week here in Finland, they're totally depressed. So I guess it kind of like if you're not used to it, it can be a bit hard. Oh, yeah. God, but I... of course, summer, on the contrary, is the most beautiful time of the year, and so it is light all the time, so. so definitely worth of visiting here.
1: Right. Well, I hope to visit there at some point in my life. Let's get all this COVID stuff over with so we can resume travel. Gosh, yeah. Anyhow. Um, so I invited her to the show. We, Gosh, we connected a, a while ago, I think via LinkedIn, after I saw you do a presentation Was it the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit? Exactly, yes. Last uh,
0: June, I think it was.
1: June. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. And so I don't think I'd heard of Happy Bob and the way that you were articulating it. And I was like, this is brilliant. This is so cool. And we so need it. And we'll jump into that here in a second. But one of the reasons, obviously, that you're so passionate about diabetes is because you have a child. And with type one and if you'll give us a little bit about the diagnosis story that'd be
0: great the uh, diagnosis story yes yeah, so my son was uh diagnosed with uh diabetes six years ago actually it's like 31st of uh, november is the mm-hmm. anniversary okay. uh, october yeah so we he, he just like turned six his diabetes yeah and so um that was a um We were naturally celebrating Halloween, did not expect anything to be wrong, um, apart from him being lot lately during the past week and being very thirsty. He was six at at the time. So we just went for a very quick checkup to see if everything's okay. We were on our way to do some uh, Halloween trick or treat and, and so forth. And then just like in five minutes, I think he got the diagnosis. Someone took a sample of blood in his finger and then told us that your son has diabetes, and now you just need to stay here at the hospital for one week. And that was kind of like that was the the, <laughs> the fastest diagnosis ever. Luckily, he was he was okay, but his blood sugar was already uh, that high that it was clear that
1: so he he, he wasn't in he DKA, thankfully. Sorry, he wasn't in DKA. He just had a no, really-
0: no, he wasn't. He was he was uh, totally fine. So he he had just been kind of like. A, Being a lot lately, and it was sort of uh, good we found out so early. So we stayed at the hospital for one week and start to learn everything about diabetes. And uh, yeah, I to be honest, I knew very little. I had uh, I had some friends with diabetes, but never really understood what was happening when they were injecting insulin or (laughs) measuring their blood. So it's kind of like when you're not living it, it's really hard to understand what's going on. So
1: absolutely. So a week in the hospital you're kind of blindsided it's Halloween and what did you how old was he at this time? Uh, He was six. Six Six. years. Okay so that's hard for anybody to get a diagnosis I mean of anything but did he get what was going on?
0: He didn't get it and to be honest I didn't get it either so I just thought that that's like since I had seen my friend's injecting insulin I thought that's something that's super simple to handle well not simple but in a way that you just take your medication and then you will be okay and so uh, we try to be as positive as possible I'm just telling that from now on you just need to take your insulin and inject the insulin the same way as you brush your teeth (laughs) except that you just need to do it a bit more often like you don't brush your teeth like uh, 10 times a day but then um, I guess that kind of like helped us a lot in the beginning that we didn't know how much our lives are going to be changing. Right. And it was easier to kind of uh, uh, take it in, in those smaller bites.
1: Well, and I'm curious too, because um, medications and technology and things like that are very different depending upon what country you live in. So when he was first diagnosed, what insulin did they put him on?
0: Mm, hmm, that's a good question. I think it was Humalog. Okay. And Levermere.
1: Levermere. Yeah. Okay. When I was, and then I, sorry. Oh, go, I was just going to say when I was diagnosed, you know, decades ago, mm-hmm. there was only I think one, and it was cloudy and clear. You yeah. The two, and you gave two shots a day. There was no counting carbs or anything like that. So it, yeah. was, say it was easier because it was yeah. like brushing your teeth.
0: <laughs> yes. I. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like a, sort of a, now the more complicated it becomes, the more choice you have, the more things you need to work on and understand. Uh, I remember the first night at the hospital when, to be honest, I just didn't understand what was happening. I was sleeping next to my uh, my son on the floor. So he was in the bed and the a nurse kept, kept on coming to the room like uh, every half an hour to measure his blood and give him juice. And I thought that was normal. And just like later on, we found out that the first night he... Had like a double dose of insulin he was supposed to have so he was just like Gushing. all the time low and so they needed to give him juice but i just thought that was normal like that's i didn't realize that he was in, in in hypo all the time i i don't think i even knew what that meant so i i think so i just remember looking at him being very pale there in the bed and the nurse coming in and taking a blood sample and giving him juice and then going away and then coming back in and I. I think the first dose of Levermere he got was of like six, seven, seven, I think it was seven units for the first night. And then the following night, he had like uh,
1: four units of Levermere. So they were just basically testing it out as they, I'm sure, had to, because considering they didn't know if he was freezing. Exactly,
0: yeah. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't have a CGM. So that was the only way to see if, if he was being stable.
1: Okay, so for a lot of people here in the States, you can't leave the hospital until you give your first shot. I think that's more of a this era, I mean, this time period, but was he able to take the reins early on or did you do everything?
0: Thought, yeah, that's a good point. I think he started to learn while being at the hospital. And I think it's like you said, he had to learn yeah. to do himself. And um, and now when I think about it, that's a lot to ask from a child but from from anyone basically but yeah i I guess he did he did learn it there, and um everything went quite okay at the hospital, so we were not in a shock or right. uh, he, he was saying it quite okay and and sort of like it felt there as if it wasn't as big of a change as it later on turned out to be
1: <laughs> okay, so you get home you do you have other children uh
0: yes i have um by the time I only had one other nowadays the I have three boys,
1: okay. So you get home and you now have to do everything yourself. Do you, t- I mean, were you terrified or did you just like, this is yes, Yeah.
0: It? I, so it was like, I remember that being like a very busy time at work. So I really didn't have time to sort of like understand what was going on. And one night it happened that I woke up like suddenly in, in sort of like a terror that something bad has happened and, and I went to take my blood, my son's blood sugar and it was like, somewhere below three or so very low. And from that moment on, I always feared the nights. Like I was afraid that what might happen if I don't wake up. And so I would just keep on waking up every night and, and see if everything's okay. And the, the kind of fear started to grow while these things happened more. And I realized that, okay, he's not gonna be, it's not given that he will be stable and, and safe the whole night. And so then one day I was, I was actually having a meeting with uh, someone, like a, a business meeting, and well, this was a Finnish lady living in the U.S. who we were discussing something, and then I started to cry in that meeting. Was, she was like a very uh, super nice nice person, we connected very well, and, and I said that I'm really sorry I'm I'm being so emotional, but my son's been diagnosed with diabetes, and it's been just very hard because I'm not able to sleep at night because I'm so afraid that he will go too um, uh, too low. And then she told me that, have you heard of Dexcom? That's something, and, and first she told me that, well, I'm, di- I'm diabetic too. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that. She was like a woman in her 50s, but obviously we we had, hadn't discussed diabetes before. So I didn't know that about her. I, I had met her before. And then she told me that there's this company making CGMs. I didn't know what was a CGM. And she told me about CGMs and Dexcom and that she's been using Dexcom and and I was like, "How come no one ever told us about yeah. Dexcom and CGMs?" And so the first thing I did after that, uh, speaking with her, was uh, to just find out about Dexcom, and we bought our very first CGM with our own money because we couldn't yeah. get it from uh, from the healthcare provider. And and just I I remember thinking that okay, of course it's an expensive device, but then I mean you sleep, <laughs> I, night. I, yeah, you sleep, and I can feel. I I know my son will be safe, so it's like totally worth of. Any, any, and yeah. So it's, that was like a big change.
1: Well, it's crazy to me too, and I cannot tell you how many times I don't care in what country you're in when we talk about uh, the new advancements in technology. And I don't know how long Dexcom had been out at that point, and that we're having to do our own research. And it's unfortunate. And I know that, and no disrespect to the medical community, they can't keep up. And yay, race for technology because so many devices are are being released on a regular basis. And so. I love the sense of community that we have all um, rallied for each other to make sure that everyone's taken care of, and that'll go into Happy Bob here in a second, but I do want to talk a little bit about healthcare in Finland versus healthcare in other countries, because in our original conversation, I was floored, and I cannot tell you how many times I've said, I need to move to Finland. (laughs) <laughs>
0: We'd I mean, we love to have you here. You're exactly the kind of person we need here. And, uh, you know, this is actually a pandemic paradise. Like um, many people are saying nowadays, we don't have that much of uh, COVID cases because uh, things are quite introverted and, and, and um, so we, we are not that many so. So it's a, it's a great place to live in and, and uh, health care is one of the reasons why it's, uh, it's really great. So when you're diagnosed with uh, a chronic condition like diabetes, um, the healthcare. First of all, it's available for everyone. It's free for everyone, and and I guess that sums it up. We have access to to all the insulin or the devices we need, and basically there is no apart from if you need something uh, very uh, special that the ones uh, the devices you'd get from the um, healthcare system wouldn't match your needs. Um, you should then obviously buy them yourself, yeah. but. The kind of basic uh, equipment you always get from the healthcare system. So we, uh, I think we pay like 4.5 euros per um, uh, the uh, amount of insulin for three months, basically. Okay. So it's uh, it's it's like next to nothing. And then um yeah, we get access to. Uh, of course, this is always different for children and for adults. But adults, uh, children um, typically do get an insulin pump if they need and want one and Mm -hmm. also some sort of a cgm so not necessarily dexcom but have a freestyle libre or like that's crazy something yeah so that's that's really good and we amazing doctor in our family so we're super happy to have her she has actually she has type 1 diabetes herself and so we meet her every three months and um those are always kind of like she's so interested in our care Answering us and supporting us in any way, um, in any way she can. So it's it's really great. to, If there's something good about diabetes, is the is kind of experiencing the uh, the healthcare we have having in Finland and and just realizing that it works
1: extremely well. And not only do you have incredible healthcare. Okay, let me ask. Two, well, a you have incredible healthcare. Good for you. That's amazing. Number two is that you have a, an endocrinologist that has type one. A lot of people with living with type one diabetes want. A professional that understands what they're doing the walk they walk the walk you know at the same time i have to say that i don't know though i wanted t1d endo because then they they know they know everything there's no hiding i'm just kidding, <laughs> yeah, hiding anything, totally kidding. yeah it's kind of bitter sweet but hopefully they would be up on the advancements in technology mm-hmm. with that being said i know as a lot of us are getting older i have to see specialists and other types of doctors related to diabetes, so is that also covered, like a cardiologist, I don't even know at all, gastro, whatever, so So there's, yeah, yeah. so
0: there's, of course now until we're, uh, until my son's 16, he will be um, kind of like in in the the children's care system, which is more intensive than the one for adults, and I'm yet to find out the things that will change when he's a bit older, but for now, uh, everything's included, so we do uh, get all the, so we just basically we don't take care of anything ourselves we just follow we're being told like now you need to go for this uh checkup and, and, and uh, what needs to be done and it's it's sort of like very convenient because obviously we're learning yeah. while we move forward so there are so many things you just don't you just learn when you start doing it so it's it's a great system and supporting and i guess one of the reasons for it, the kind of knowledge we have here in Finland is that unfortunately diabetes uh, type 1 diabetes is the uh, most common um, uh, or Finland has the um, the highest incidence of type 1 diabetes in the world really so yes and huh. that is like uh, something that no one knows for sure what is the cause for that but there yeah. are considering the, the the amount of people we have in Finland we have a lot of a um, lot of people with uh, type 1 diabetes here too
1: Okay, let me ask you this, and I'm not an expert. Please do not quote me, anybody listening to this. But it is my understanding that uh, people with type 1 diabetes are often vitamin deficient and multiple vitamins. I mean, our bodies just don't do things uh, normally. In the times, that, like in December, November, December, where you're saying that it's really good, mm-hmm. do you up his vitamin D?
0: Yeah, we do take vitamin D, and and uh, that's also one of the um, things that are uh, always measured, like when okay. you, we go for yeah. the uh, healthcare checkup, like uh, his vitamin D levels, and that's that's very interesting. I know uh, there have been also here in Finland uh, research done around uh, type one diabetes and vitamin D, and whether that could be one of the causes for that. But unfortunately, I I think the the, the kind of uh, challenges with those those research have been that. They, they have not been allowed to uh, look at the um, high enough uh, levels of vitamin D and how those would correlate with, it, uh, with with type 1 diabetes. But I guess the kind of uh, common uh, understanding, at least among the patients nowadays, is that uh, a lot of people have been diagnosed with some sort of like enterovirus before, yeah. before being diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes. And that was actually also the case in our family. So my son had had an enterovirus before, maybe a month before actually mm-hmm. being diagnosed with type one diabetes. So,
1: hmm, so many uh, wheels turning conspiracies. Uh, what, what what's your take on that, or have you have you heard? Well, I have. I mean, I uh, was really sick as a kid, and mm-hmm. I had pneumonia a few times, and I was always on antibiotics. And I said at one point, my mom got upset, but I felt like at one point in my life, I lived in kind of a bubble in that. We lived in the country and I was just triggered by so many things and um, I was just always sick. And so when I was diagnosed just after my eighth birthday, I think it was after a series of being sick. It was that it was January. So it was just there were a a couple of factors there. But I think that because we have no family history is that, um, you know, I think my gut literally was robbed, good biome and stuff. And so it allowed my body to attack itself. That's my theory. No scientific research behind that but yeah I just am always interested to hear some people had it right after a surgery their their body was put through something but then you have you think about all the other people that get sick and don't have diabetes follow that it's just it always has me thinking about about things yeah there's
0: like for sure I believe there's also some sort of like genetic reason for Getting type one diabetes, but it's, it seems to be a combination of so many things. Like, why do some people get it, and then others, even they seem to have like all the reasons to get it, they they wouldn't. So,
1: it's, it's you know, I read something recently again. Nobody quote me because I read so much; it's <laughs> ridiculous. And they, you know, cats or animals that are diagnosed with type one diabetes, if you catch it at an early stage and start insulin therapy, sometimes it can be reversed.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I've read about that too. And I actually, well, that's like, I've heard those theories. And and, and so some people believe that, therefore, you should be kind of following even your healthy children and, and seeing if they are kind of like in the process of developing any symptoms and sort of like very early on and, and to kind of like know that if there were any signs, you could maybe kind of like take actions. Yeah. Uh, and then then it might also increase stress levels and and so it's it's what's necessary and what's not that's very that's very interesting
1: yeah okay well and with your other two boys do you keep an eye on them or have any fears of
0: I've tried not to because I used to have and I used to like there was a time whenever like someone was thirsty or peeing and that would that would kind of like (laughs) just make me so scary right it was scared and it's yeah, I'm just trying to avoid that because I'm sort of like a, a person who easily uh, stresses up, so just <laughs> try to avoid kind of building these scenarios of everything that might go wrong. Yeah.
1: Which is a good Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you and a, a group of other people, I know you're co-founder and CEO, correct? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, yeah. The Happy Bob app and people if you have not Check this out; it is hilarious, and I feel like is a really good representation of real life diabetes. And you're hearing it from somebody that you can't slap down <laughs> <laughs> or so you can't beat up. So, and it's a friendly reminder. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the app and why you decided to start it?
0: Yes. So, the kind of um, reason for Habibob was well, first of all, um, I was uh, we had our third child. And uh, I had a bit more time to kind of focus on my 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 son's diabetes care when I was home at home with the with the baby, and and he was at school. And I started to realize all the things that were not right with his care, and mm-hmm. all the things where we could be improving. And I was just so overwhelmed with all the data, and just kind of like going through the piles of excel sheets and understanding his blood glucose was this in the morning and then he had this many carbohydrates and this was the insulin he took and then yet why did at lunchtime his sugar suddenly was so high or low and Mm. what could I do to prevent that and and I so I guess this is the very typical story that when you just you want to find a way something that would make it easier and the kind of fact that there was so much data led me to speak with um, a friend of mine who's a, a data scientist and and sort of like just to understand if there was some way we could utilize the data to take a bit of the burden away from people living with diabetes so that that data could be turned into something that would be sort of easier to carry. Mm-hmm. Because I felt that everything around diabetes sort of like seemed to require us to become data scientists, mm-hmm. doctors, engineers, programmers. It was kind of like a lot to ask when you're dealing with a disease, and then you need to learn all these uh, skills on top of that and I was thinking that if there was a way to turn all that data into something that would be super simple and super intuitive and and, and sort of even fun, yeah that would make the whole diabetes management feel so terrible and so we started to or he started to play with the data He's obviously he said it is scientist, and I was just saying what I'd want to have as a uh, as a user basically. Okay and so that we did a uh, quite a few prototypes and, and iterations and <laughs> it was a lot of uh, trial and error and then eventually we we had this idea that we want to turn the diabetes data the sugar data into stars mm-hmm. and whenever you keep your sugar in range you're collecting stars and when um, you get enough of stars you can reach your daily star goal and then we have this character called Bob that will comment your um, your sugar readings in a fun way so that so that every time you're going high or going low you're getting this fun notification that will help you to level out and um yeah so then we we did the app and amazing woman uh called samantha uh got in touch or it was actually her her daughter who has type 1 diabetes who had downloaded happy bob app and thought that it was a really fun app but it could be a, just a bit more snarkier <laughs> and so uh, Samantha and Claire her daughter start to write these lines like what happy Pop should say and basically the way Samantha says that is just the stuff she would tell her daughter like in a sarcastic way how she would comment her daughter to uh, uh take care of her diabetes and then we put that into the app and together with our the user interface and the experience and the sar system and i that has been a lot of people have been telling us that that's the kind of fun part that suddenly diabetes management it can it can it can be fun you can laugh about it and it will actually help you to uh, stay in range
1: with the cgm like uh, yesterday i was helping a friend paint a deck and and we i wasn't watching my numbers even though i knew everything i thought everything was in check and i'm saying this because of the thing that what we're thinking about all the time and out of nowhere my dexcom starts beeping and my friend looks at me and she goes what do we got? And I was like, Oh shoot, my blood sugar is 66 with an arrow straight down. And, um, she was like, all right, I'll see you in a minute. You know, whatever, just kind of, she knew that I was, that was going to be checking out with Mm -hmm. that being said, I'm so thankful for that alarm. But if I had happy Bob stepping in to say, Hey, stop what you're doing. Or, you know, something like, I just think you
0: would say your beach is lower than rapper's pads. Pull it up.
1: I mean, so that you can make light of the situation, even though I wasn't upset, but it was just one of those, okay, this is just, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I, I can definitely see the value in that. And I did um, poll quite a few people that use the app and some of the things that they said, and I'm saying this because we're going to put out a call to action, is they wanted a, I don't know if the word risque is the word I would use, but I curse a lot. <laughs> so, you know, a... <laughs> A, a Happy Bob that could be a little mm, R-rated. And so we and that's,
0: that's great to hear. I mean, and you're not the only one who's been asking for an adult version of Happy Bob. And you know, I'm just like very curious to know more what what would it be like.
1: Well, and you, you had said too in our initial conversation that obviously you guys are developing the app, but somebody living with the disease is gonna understand and know what you're going to say to yourself or what's going to make you laugh in that scenario if you have the disease. And so uh, I guess we're kind of calling people if you're interested in maybe chiming in and helping to write some new Happy Bob comments. I mean, how would you word that? Uh,
0: That would be amazing. I mean, so obviously the app um, needs to be updated on a constant basis. We're we're adding new lines and we're kind of working on to... To have it fresh all the time and so there have been launched different kind of moods and we're planning on having more of those so but the content needs to, so samatha is an amazing writer and i think it just needs to be like uh and like you said there needs to be someone who understands the condition that's the kind of uh, it's a, I guess it's really hard to write such things unless you know what it's like so if anyone considers themselves themselves being good writers, know about diabetes, then would love to hear from them.
1: Yeah, and I'll be sure to put whatever contact information in the show notes of this episode so that you guys can con- contact her directly and figure out how to make that work. I feel I've got a million people in my mind right now that make me laugh about diabetes often just by stuff <laughs> they put on Facebook. So um, I, I have a really good feeling that you're gonna be overwhelmed with the amount of, of stuff out there. And I will say one funny thing that I think could happen is. We all uh, joke about the fact that we never change our lancets. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's like a monthly call, oh, all right, dumbass, let's change your lancet, your fingers hurt, or whatever, you know, something. Just a call to action, remind people that you've got to do these maintenance things. So, yeah.
0: That's very true. That's very true. And I think that's the key here is that how to make that funny because it's yeah. kind of like, I mean, it's like you you can put like a sticker on your fridge that says that remember to count the carbs or whatever. But I mean, it doesn't work because it just like you start to ignore that it it becomes boring. So how to make it in a way that uh, kind of like grabs your attention makes you smile and and then makes you actually want to see what it's saying?
1: Yeah. One other recommendation, this is again from one of my teammates, and we laugh about the app often, is... She said, at the end of the day, every once in a while, it would be nice just to say, hey, I know you've had a rough day. You did a great job or good for you or something. Just kind of like a rah-rah cheerleader because sometimes you feel defeated even when you've had a good day. Uh, Just as a reminder that somebody or something else out there is recognizing the fact that you've got a lot on your plate. So that, that's a very good
0: point, and that's something we've been kind of, so the original content we had for the happy mode was very sort of like supportive and very positive mm-hmm. and just like very rewarding, but also very boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like if someone's telling you all the time how well you're doing and how good you're trying um, trying this hard, it's sort of like it becomes a bit lame, so yeah. Book has been working really well. With the kind of other approach, but we do recognize that there would need to be the kind of uh, the uh, positive feedback too. And yeah. and you're absolutely right that at the end of the day, sometimes it just gets too hard, and yeah. you need to get something positive. And we've been thinking about like how to improve the interaction between the app and the user, so that you could kind of like give give back uh, your feedback and your comments, or maybe to tell Bob to shut up when he's speaking (laughs) Uh, or tell him that now is the time you need to change your tone of voice because I need to hear something different
1: oh yeah I
0: like that yeah yeah because I mean sometimes it's like it just like if you're constantly high and you know that you're high and there is nothing you can (coughs) do about that then maybe you just need something like something a bit more positive than what you're getting
1: well, and something else that I, I don't know, I'm just wheels are turning with this. This morning, when I was on social media, my lighting just keeps getting worse. I don't know what's going on. okay. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm not being named. That's the um, Texas version of the Northern Lights. It's amazing. God. Oh, lucky you. I mean, it's like
0: I wish I saw some sign.
1: God. <laughs> ah, I have a, a suntan right now and it's November. It's crazy. Um, But it was something that was on social media this morning and it always just pulls at my heartstrings is some young lady on one of this group pages said, I'm just done with this disease, and it's only 9 a.m., and I just thought, damn, where are you in your mindset that what has brought you to feel this bad, and so people start chiming in, and you know, it's just a reminder that you're not there, you're not alone, and how do we support these people, and so I love the apps, and there's a lot of them coming out right now, and some of them, I love the diversity in all of them, because happy Bob might work really well for one group, one person. And then, you know, some of the others they're better suited for. It. It's just great to see this type of, Oh, it's, it's networking, social, I don't know, support group. Mm-hmm. And I have friends from all over the world right now. Cause I'm a part of a women's support group every Wednesday. And I look forward to at 6 PM my time, to connect with friends in Scotland and Australia and New Jersey. And, you know, it's just great to connect. I like,
0: know. I know. It's, it's kind of like, you just need to know, I mean, in your, in your, in your case, are, are those people with diabetes or just like. Uh, friends? Yeah.
1: everybody. It's all women with type one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like, there is no better support than yeah uh, people living with the condition. I, I guess it's uh, I, I often go and just, browse the uh, Facebook communities for yeah. uh, people with diabetes. Because just like when you know there's other, like for example, the uh, the groups for parents with uh, kids with type 1 diabetes. And it yeah. just helps you so much when you know someone else is going through something which you've been going through. And you sort of like, you know that there's someone who understands. That can make a huge difference. Yes, yeah. obviously. It's, a, it's something that, and you want to feel that you're in the same boat with people and not just like someone's looking from the outside, I know you're there for you, but without being able to relate to what you're going through.
1: Right, and okay, so not Debbie Downer, nothing, I mean, well, it can be negative if you want it to be, because there's nothing off limits, but do you have any thoughts or fears as a parent as to, me, you said your son's healthcare will change a bit as he gets older, and as a parent, mm-hmm. do you have any concerns with what that's gonna look like?
0: Well, I, I have huge <laughs> concerns and, and sort of like worries if he will be able to keep up with the, with the kind of constant care. It's like sometimes as a parent, I get overwhelmed. I'm tired of like measuring and pricking and, and, and counting and all that. And I don't do it all the time. I mean, it's like, for example, today I've been at work the whole day. I haven't done anything apart from uh, checking out every <laughs> once in a while how, how he's doing. Right. And just the fact that he needs to take care of all of that himself how will he be able to carry it's like, it's a lot to carry for anyone. And it's, uh, that, I guess my, I'm always just thinking, how do people find the strength to keep on doing that day after day? And that, that's something that should be discussed more. And I mean, happy Bob is just like one tiny thing that might help living with diabetes for some people, but that's, it's, it's so much work. And that's my main worry. Like how, 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 Will he be able to stay motivated and take care of himself uh, for the rest of his life, all the time? And you know, just like it, it's amazing how quickly, quickly things can uh, happen. Like just last Friday, uh, my son son was out with some friends after school. They were skateboarding somewhere, and then um, he didn't have his um, CGM monitoring on, so we couldn't follow from the distance where he was at. And I was just assuming everything's okay. Then he comes home, and his his sugar is like so. It turns out insulin ran out of his insulin pump. He had been eating a bucket, and that that's all it takes.
1: Mm-hmm. His
0: sugar was when measuring from the finger; it said that above thirty three point one, which means that it was above six hundred. Oh God! And so it happened like in six hours, right? And that's so scary that. I mean, six hours just like uh, living as any other kid and you can have such a high sugar. And luckily he was okay. We just gave him a lot of insulin and a lot of uh, water and (laughs) he was starving the whole evening more or less. because I mean, he wasn't hungry either. Yeah. And just trying to bring his sugar down down and so we didn't need to go to the hospital or anything. But just like the fact that, that it can happen so quickly and you don't need to spend like days without insulin but just like uh, one afternoon with uh with a lot of carbohydrates will do that you can reach those levels and and i i was just thinking if, if he was on his own because I it was like he was high we needed to change his pump and that you know everything take all the actions that it would have been a lot for someone with that high sugar to do all those actions Me. without having people to support him so so I guess my my biggest worry is that how where he will find the motivation if uh, the ongoing motivation to take care of his
1: own health. Think that, that comes with age too, and um, I've been talking about this a lot lately. When you realize that when those things happen, you don't feel good. You know, my motivation is always I want to feel my best. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some things that you are out of your control, and your diabetes takes a hard right turn. But yeah, I, I think that. I don't know how to word that.
0: What's your advice? Like, what's your advice? Like, how to keep up with the motivation? And and, and since it's like such a demanding condition that, that's ongoing,
1: I think the year, and I, I know this is hard to say to you, but the upcoming years for any kid is tough in their teens, early teens. I mean, it's a ride, it's a nightmare. Um, with diabetes, it can be a little bit more challenging just because our hormones are not only affecting how we're acting, but it's affecting many other factors. And so the roller coaster there is, is maybe rough, but thank goodness he has the technology in order to keep him hopefully safe and um, and and make sure that he has everything he needs. I will say the motivation, I, I will say I, I since I was diagnosed at an early age, I just didn't know anything else. So the motivation and I'm a Capricorn and I am a rule follower and all these things, is I knew that this is what I needed to do. So I never, I've never been defiant on giving shots. Now I did eat things that I shouldn't have. So it's one of those, like, I don't know, maybe I, the fear as a kid kept me compliant and those words are frowned upon, but.
0: Yeah, so I remember you saying that you took the lead of all diabetes management from the day one. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. I mean, (laughs) that you were able to do it at such an early uh, stage or or early age.
1: Yeah. And I will say my parents gave me a lot of, I'm going to say freedom. They made sure I had everything I needed. And I don't know that I ever questioned it or I don't know that. And I have two sisters. My younger sister was also ill a lot with allergies and asthma and stuff like that so my parents had a lot on their plate and they did the best that they could and Mm -hmm. it was not like they they turned a blind eye to it I think that they just trusted the fact that I was going to do it
0: you know so do you think the reason was that they wanted you to take the responsibility from the early age on so that you would kind of like you wouldn't rely on anyone else but yourself and kind of like they wanted to just make sure that you will
1: Right. And I look at, and I don't have children, so I can't say, I'm going to say what I want to say, but uh, helicopter parents, when you take full reins of your child's disease or illness, you don't empower them to be able to figure it out whenever mom's not around. And we all know that life throws you hiccups every once in a while, whether you're playing soccer or staying the night at a friend's house or traveling, like Things happen, and so I even feel bad for kids who have always been on an insulin pump, and in they're let's just say soccer camp. The pump fails, mm-hmm. and they have to go to injections for a short time. And do they know what to do? I think the best thing for a parent is to empower your kid to make those choices. Step I, I absolutely work, agree. And I,
0: yeah, I th- I think that's that's a very good point. And now when I think back, maybe we could have sort of. Like, we could have taken that sort of a bit more, um, teach him a bit more earlier on to take responsibility, but then on the other hand, he's taking a lot of responsibility, and at the same time, I'm thinking that he has like his whole life left, yeah, to be <laughs> yeah. doing all that work. So, right. I mean, if I can ease it up a bit for him at this stage, I'd happily be doing that, but at the same time, understanding that it's very important that. You learn to take the responsibility yeah. because at the end of the day, it's like uh, no one else going to be able to do it for you.
1: Well, and I think too, it, whenever because you have diabetes, fails all the time. I mean, it just happens. It's one of those okay. Well, your blood sugar six hundred. Let's talk about why that happened instead of I can't believe your blood sugar six hundred. No, I'm not yeah. saying that you said that, but let them mm-hmm. be the critical thinker there to think about how they got to that point and and what 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 were you going to do about it, it once you knew that your pump failed, or things like that? So again, making them think about it, but it's not a negative. You're not bad. Mm-hmm. You're good for your actions. but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like trying to make him understand that whenever things like that, I mean, it's, like, it's such a bad coincidence that at the sa- same time, because we always follow his sugar, yeah, and the CGM wasn't working, so we wouldn't get the reading. And then the, he ran out of insulin from the pump. He was out with friends eating uh I don't know what they were eating. So everything like all the all the things that could go wrong did go wrong at the same time. And just want to make him understand that whenever something like that happens, he can always call us and we will just yeah. like... I mean, I would have brought the insulin to him and he could have stayed there yeah. skateboarding. I mean, if I mean obviously he did have an insulin pen also in his bag, which he could have used too, but <laughs> But yeah, he didn't. Because I and it's actually really interesting when I we've been discussing this kind of like voice experience, living with diabetes, and when you're out there carrying your skateboard and you have your backpack and you have your helmet and you just went with all the friends, you went to a grocery store to get a a chocolate bar, and then everyone's running to the subway and you're carrying your sub, your like the, the. the chocolate bar, the, the skateboard, and the backpack, and you're running to the subway, and everyone's trying to eat this, the the bar at the same time, and just like when my son was explaining that, it, it, it's like it's really hard for him to tell all the other boys that please stop. I need to count the carbs and and those my my insulin. Yeah, and I've asked him like, is it possible that your friends could like remind you, and he said, well, they don't remember either, and he doesn't, and it's kind of like really easy to understand that it's not like a simple situation to be in yeah when you want to be one of the the kids yeah and i i don't know what would be the right way like to treat that like to say everyone uh let's not run to the metro because i need to dose my myself now or that he would should not be eating i guess that's the right thing he shouldn't be eating just like Mm. even though everyone else is eating so
1: well It's hard too, because nobody wants to feel different and we want to be able to eat what everybody else is eating. I think he will find his voice. I would like to believe that. And if his friends, I mean, he says, I need 30 seconds to shoot up or make a joke of it or something really, you know, so I don't know. That's a tough one.
0: But does it happen to you too, that you sometimes just forget about like taking insulin? Because I've heard like from some people with diabetes? I mean, even adults who say that sometimes they just totally forget and start to eat and then realize.
1: You know, I don't, when it comes to, uh, fast acting insulin, because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to look at my blood sugar right before I eat. I get, I mean, so those, all those things are intertwined. Now I do give a, my long long lasting insulin early in the morning, and then I go back to sleep. And so I'll never forget talking to an endocrinologist about um, the NPIN by companion medical. And I was like, are you telling people about this that are still on multiple daily injections? Because it it reminds you, it tells you, it, it tracks whether or not you've given an insulin injection. And she said, who doesn't remember giving an injection? And I was like, uh, me. I, I've given two injections in the middle of the night when I self like what? And I say that in that, so in my morning routine, Again, I like uh, routines is that I, when I give my Traceba injection, I leave the pin needle on my sink stand. Mm-hmm. So when I get up to get my day started, I see that pin needle and I know that I've given my shot. That sounds yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it is yeah. absolutely ridiculous is what it is. So,
0: the pen doesn't track in any way that you've given. Like, there's like, the pen doesn't have any any sort of like way to see that it's. My
1: pen does not, but there are now smart pens that are out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yes. Uh, would you like to? I mean, are you thinking about changing to a smart pen or?
1: <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about a couple of things. And I, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, here's my theory with this, and I've had a lot of pumps there being companies be like, please just try this, whatever. And I, I appreciate that. I really do. I, if my A1C is good and I feel good about my management and I don't mind giving injections, why change something? Exactly. The CGM yeah. has changed my life. Now I will say that I, I, now I have a fear of not having access to a CGM. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal to me, but everything else I can manage. And so it's, it's just interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it's kind of like that constant wearing of a an insulin pump and having the infusion set on your skin. And kind of like, just my son for some reason doesn't want to have it anywhere else than in his tummy. Yes. And I mean, I think if he was on multiple daily injections, it would be better for the skin, or at least, I mean, because he's not willing to change. And I think that's like an aspect too yeah. with the with the pump and so having something connected to. I mean, with a pen, it's easier to inject wherever as suitable. It's easier to change.
1: Yeah, yeah it's
0: de- it's definitely it's yeah and i understand because there's the freedom because uh, we were on omnipot also at some point and i remember thinking that that will be easier for him and for us too because you don't feel that sick when you yeah. don't have the tube and it's like but when you were on multiple daily injections and you went to swim for example no one could tell that yeah. you have it well yeah. apart from the cgm i i mean it's not like I mean, we wouldn't care. My son wouldn't care, but in a way that you feel like as if things were.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, again, going out to all the tech companies, there's so much out there right now with insulin pump therapy and with CGMs. I think it's one of those if you have the opportunity to do a trial with whatever you can, find be the best fit for you because when you feel better about your management, then it's going to make life easier because you feel comfortable. So
0: I mean, I mean, that exactly. I mean, that should be the way that you could just really try out different types of um, pumps and pens and CGMs and find out what is the right for you and your skin. I mean, it's like sometimes the the tapes can be really hard on your skin and depending on the, the model. And Whereas this kind of system where you just get given a device that this is the one you need to use now. I mean, luckily you can at least in Finland you can change your insulin type and you can test different but when it comes to devices it's often kind of like you need to use what's given and that's that's a lot to ask I mean you don't need to like someone else is making such a big decision for you yeah.
1: well I want to end with because my literally because my computer is about to die and I, w- I could chat with you forever is what's the future of happy bob
0: uh well we have a lot of plans of uh the new features we'll be adding so yeah. it seems that um and Keep feedback it. from the users have been that they want to uh get more uh insights based on their own data and we really want to utilize the uh fact that we do know when people are typically going high when they're typically going low so we're thinking about introducing the kind of uh, insights within the app so telling the user that before a certain time of the uh, week or day when they are either high or low, we can just <laughs> notify them and let them know that
1: please go work
0: at aware the time, which might help for some people who always do exercise at, at a certain time or uh, or you know have a pizza fiesta stuff every Friday evening like we do, yeah. and then we always identify. so it's it's good to know in advance that tonight's the night. And so we're also thinking about, like, how to communicate that in a, in a nice or funny way that it really makes a big difference how the message is delivered, because obviously you can always just give the facts, but, like, if you're just stated the facts, that that won't change a thing, because it needs it's really about the kind of way of communicating. Absolutely. And, yeah, and then, of course, like, just adding more modes and more, more humor, there are a lot of We have a big list of things people have been asking us for and now it's uh, just about (laughs) execution.
1: Well I hope that with the people that are listening to this again go to the show notes because we'll have contact information for her team and see how you can get involved. Uh, I I look forward to seeing all the witty comments that come from this and Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs)
0: uh, I mean this has been so nice, and it's uh, amazing that we met online, and I feel like I've <laughs> known you before, for forever. So if ever you're thinking about leaving Texas, please uh, come meet Finland. As soon Great as any family. travel- Haven't I be this here?
1: Hopefully this summer the travel things will be lifted and I can come to Finland. I'm going to visit my friends in Scotland. My sister lives in Spain. I've got a long list. I need to get a paycheck so I can start my travel fund. <laughs> <plan. laughs>
0: Yeah, well, maybe, maybe you can make it into a work trip. I mean, yeah, like, like you know, there's a there are diabetes is everywhere. So <laughs> happy to show you around. And, and, yeah. Yeah.
1: and if you find any, I'm going to do some serious research on this, why they believe that Finland has the highest number of type one diagnosis. I mean, that I am blown away. So I'm going to do some research. Yeah. Should I come up with anything? It'll be in the show notes. But Or if you're a researcher and you have any, please hit me up. I, I love learning about this stuff. It's crazy, the little pockets like that. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I hope you uh, enjoy the darkness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, thank you. I mean, I do in some odd way. I guess it's the perfect time to stay indoors and and free cultural chocolate and do nothing. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful night. And you know I'm always here if you need anything.
0: Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much. It was really great to be here. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Who knew a snarky text could make diabetes data suck less? (laughs) Yuda's genuine curiosity about how she can lessen the burden of diabetes is impressive. Our short time together is just the beginning of a long-term friendship and partnership with Happy Bob. Before I wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, this episode was brought to you by Outer Isle Gourmet Foods. I've thoroughly enjoyed sampling their goodies and don't feel guilty or loaded up on carbs after scarfing down a delicious meal. Be sure to check out the show notes or my new affiliates page for details. Number two, the Real Life Diabetes Virtual Happy Hour takes place every Thursday from 5 to 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be sure to register via the private Facebook group or by clicking the Happy Hour logo in the show notes. Number three, you want to participate in the 100th Unicorn episode, and I want to highlight how your business is making my life with diabetes a more pleasant one. Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. Number four, we're always looking for partners, sponsors, etc., who share my mission to provide support and resources for all people living with diabetes and their loved ones. Penelope would love to chat, so hit her up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, As we roll into the holiday season, please remember, you are not alone. So many opportunities to connect. And I have not met a person living with type 1 diabetes that I didn't like. I don't know what that says about me but anyway if you want to contact me directly i can always be reached at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com and getting a message from you makes my heart happy diabetes, and keeps the episodes grind, coming a daily, that's a wrap cheers to the highs and lows everyone